and Welcome Driven Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is the return of the divisional breakdowns. We are back, back on the saddle. Michael is here. How are we doing today? Good, sir. I am doing great. How are you today? Good. It's been a little hiatus for us. We haven't uh we haven't done one of these shows in a very long time. So we'll see how this one goes. It's we're gonna do a little grace period here, folks. We're we're starting with an easy, easy division to break down. Not a lot of tough ones in this with the AFC South, uh, to kind of get back in the the swing of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, pretty easy division here. Clearly, you know, quarterback-driven league has a clear number one quarterback. <laughs> uh, maybe one of the most clear number one quarterbacks at all the divisions in uh, football. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what we think though. You know, I haven't, I don't know what you're thinking, so we'll we'll, we'll see. I think that's a good place to start because there is a clear-cut quarterback and I think a clear-cut head coach in this division as of right now, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars we were talking about. They are right now in year two of their process, bringing back Doug Peterson, head co- or offensive coordinator, still the same, defensive coordinator, still the same. They went 9-8 and eight last year. Previous year, Urban Meyer was there, went 3-14. and 14. This year, they are sitting at the betting favorites to win the division at minus 115 over under is set at nine and a half wins. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars this year are going to try to do something that they have never done since the inception of the AFC South, and that is win more than four divisional games. With the way this division set up, with the way this never, never, not since the inception of 2002, have they won more than four divisional games. They have won exactly four last year. And in previous years, that is the highest mark they have ever gotten. <laughs> wow. Even that they went 13 and three, like that one year, right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's shocking to me. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I was shocked when I found that stat. It's a bad division. I mean, I guess they've been like the worst of the bad division. Um, <laughs> Very so, true. But yeah, that that is shocking. But I mean, it's definitely a team like... I kind of like this team. Um, I don't. I don't love it maybe as much as some other people do. Um, I do think nine wins probably wins this division, um, and I kind of like them right around nine, maybe ten. I'm kind of more leaning towards the nine. Um, I think Lawrence is going to take another step. He's going to be a lot better. I like his weapons this year. Um, they're going to be better, uh, obviously. They have more weapons. Uh, don't forget about Calvin Ridley. That that's that's a big one. And you know, Calvin Ridley's not coming back from you know tearing his Achilles. He's not coming back. He's coming back from gambling. So he's he's healthy. <laughs> um, so that that makes a big difference. He's not coming back from tearing his ACL or something. So I think he's going to be fine. Everything I've seen, like you've you've watched training camp. I watched a, I watched a video where Zay Jones ran around. Zay Jones, athletic guy, and then. The, Ridley runs right after him. The difference is just like, oh my God. Um, so that's going to be huge. A little worried about the offensive line. Um, Cam Robinson, I think he's out for six games. That's a bit of a worry there. Um, but overall, I like this team. One big thing I worry about, obviously we like to talk about the schedule now. It can change. But they play the Chiefs, they play the Bills, and they play the Niners. No one else in their division play those guys. I mean, that's three top four, top five teams. That's a little scary. Yep. They are going to cut their teeth this year for sure. Um, I would say this team is definitely riding high compared to years past because the improvement with Doug Peterson was astronomical. I mean, it's hard to be worse than what Urban Meyer provided them, but he made 
huge inroads at the most important position, and that is the quarterback position. He got Trevor Lawrence back on track from his rookie year, which was abysmal, to say the least. Um, as a rookie, he had a .71 TD to interception radio, ratio. That's 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, which was the worst for any quarterback with at least 500 attempts. Only rookie quarterback since 2000 to throw for 500 attempts with the worst TD to interception ratio. So he already improved that last year, only threw eight interceptions on 584 passes. It was the sixth lowest interception rate in the league. Um, meanwhile, with his uh, three to th- uh, his TD to interception ratio was the 15th highest. Um, so looking pretty good. They improved that wide receiver room. The problem you mentioned to whether or not this team could have a real impact in the AFC, which is just a conference that is getting more and more competitive, is that offensive line. No real clear replacement for Juwan Taylor. Um, and Trevor Lawrence, kind of the knock on I had on him coming out of college, it's still the knock now, is how he deals with pressure. That's the next leap. Can he make that leap? Because when he is kept clean, he ranked 8th in EPA per attempt, 14th in success rate, and 17th in yards per attempt. Under pressure, those go to 26, 27, and 33rd last year. So not great. (laughs) Huge, huge need to keep him uh, clean, which I don't know if they're going to be able to do. I do like the weapons. Um, We shall see the defense. That front seven, huge upgrade. Jacksonville ranked third in pressure rate generated last season. Um, Fourth in yards uh, before contact, which is good. So when you look at the division as a whole, I don't, Pending injuries, which is really the name of the game when you're trying to win divisions, compete in the NFL, keep quarterbacks healthy. With the exception of Trevor Lawrence somehow getting hurt this year, I don't see how they lose this division. Like Doug Peterson is too good of a coach to lose this division the way the other teams are set up. It's really hard to see. Um, Obviously, quarterback driven league, best quarterback usually wins their division. Um, The only thing when we get to it is, I mean, this division in general, the, the schedules are are just jokes because they play each other and then, I mean, then they play your Bucks division. I mean, so they, <laughs> the schedules are just laughable and the Titans have just such a cakewalk. But I still, you know, not to give away my pick, but I am certainly leaning uh, Jacks. <laughs> yep, I would agree. Let's move to a team that I'm actually fascinated to talk about, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. Because with your owner now being out of the league, I think Jim Mersey <laughs> is in the running for worst owner in the league. He has decided to go to war against their best player and arguably the only player that gives them hope of having somewhat of a good offense, I think. Um, and Sherman yeah. say, I think we've all kind of known the owner he is, but he's been able to hide behind some other really bad owners in the league. But as they start to go away, I think he's taken the mantle for worst owner. Oh, yeah. So, like, I'll forever love Jim Irsay because he was very vocal anti-Dan Snyder. He was pretty much the first vocal owner we've had like that. Um, but I've always known he was an idiot. Um, he Let's be honest. He was he acquired his wealth through being born. He, he That's that's Jim Irsay. He was born into a family that owned an NFL team. So, like, he might not be the brightest and he might say some foolish things so yeah i i would agree he has probably taken the uh he probably always had the the the, the title of like being the most loose cannon with what he'll say um yep. but now he might be probably like the, the, the worst owner 
Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he at least lives it up. I, I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. He's not one of these like boring rich guys who just do dumb things with their money. Like he at least lives it up a little bit. Owns well, I think company. part of that is being, you know, born into it. That's all he's known. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Uh, the Colts are sitting at plus 550 to win the division. Over under is six and a half. Last year, they were four, 12, and one. Year before that, nine and eight. Year before that, 11 and five. They bring in an entirely new coaching staff with the exception of defensive coordinator. They do keep Gus Bradley on. But one of the all-time coaching names out there, Jim Bob Cooter, is going to be their offensive coordinator uh, with Shane being the head coach coming over from Philadelphia. This is a team... They went the mercenary route at quarterback for so long. Andrew Luck retires early. That kind of throws off their ascension in this league. And then they just start hiring hiring guns. They bring in Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan. We all know the list. They've never really been able to get over that hump. And now they are sort of in, they're on the island of misfit toys because I don't know if they're going to have a lot going for them, especially if it seems Taylor is going to be gone. Um, does not seem like he has any interest given the conversations he's had with said owner to be coming back. But what do you make of this team? Because without Jonathan Taylor, I, I struggle to see how this team manages to kind of scrape together something this year. Oh yeah. I agree a hundred percent. Six and a half. That number shocks me. I think this is, this is, this team is in the running for the number one pick. Um, I, I, don't think they'll get it. There's a team in the NFC that's really bad. I think we all know what that is. Uh, <laughs> but but they, I think this team, they're really bad. I think they'll be fun to watch. Um, there'll be times where Richardson does some shit where it's like, whoa, like that was crazy. Like he'll do, I think it's going to be very Justin Fields-like um, in the sense that a lot of crazy plays, but they're not necessarily winning games. Um, I, I think we'll see that. They lack weapons outside of what I'm assuming will be Richardson will be their best weapon. Um, Pittman's good, but he's not terrifying defenses. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's just kind of what I'm worried about with this team. Also, just, just cause you, just for fun, you brought up Jim Bob Cooter and his crazy NFL name. Look up his record too. You'll be like, Whoa, that guy's done some weird things. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> just wanted to add that. <laughs> oh, good old Jim Bob Cooter. That was like, uh, what was there's was a USC quarterback back in the day. I can't think of his name. I'll have to find it. Also, another great football name. Um, <laughs> Anthony Richardson, he's a bit of a head scratcher because you watch yeah. him in college and clearly all the physical tools are there. But man, was it hard to justify from a production level? This guy is a top tier pick. But that's what happens when you have a low quarterback draft, I think. Right. Um, like all the physical tools are there, but he lacked touch on the ball a lot. You could see that he was uncomfortable. Just he didn't have, in my opinion, he just didn't have a lot of football like experience. Like he just didn't have enough snaps or reps. We'll see. I mean, the quarterbacks coach, Cam Turner, has experience working with guys like Cam Newton and Kyler Murray. Um, so there is some hope. You know, Shane helped develop Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. So there is a track record, at least here in developing um quarterbacks. Yeah. The thing that's gonna work against them though is the simple stat rookie quarterbacks over the last 10 season have won 35% of games. So not a great track record here. Um, from the rookie standpoint, there's not a lot of offensive weapons. Pittman, like, I, I don't know what to make of Pittman because if he can't be a factor downfield, then you just have like three of the same identical wide receivers. Like Alex Pierce 
and Woods are all guys that are going to work intermediary short routes. Like you need that deep threat to open it up. And I, there are times where you go, yeah, Pittman can maybe do it, but like he's really got to have a, a jump this level if this team has any sort of hopes of being even a relative threat offensively, which once again, I, I think the outcome here is they're going to be in the running for a top three pick at the end of this. Yeah, and you might have mentioned this if you did, I'm sorry, but obviously Taylor's probably not going to play. Zach Moss also broke his arm. So mm. I did not mention yeah, that, but yeah. I got no running backs other than Anthony Richardson. Yep. Deion Jackson, I'm going to tell you right now, folks, is not going to prop up this offense at running back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a nice third option, and he's now been thrusted into the number one spot. Um, the defense, too, we didn't even talk about them. They stink. Uh, I mean, that secondary might be in the running for worst secondary in the league. I mean, that is a bottom 10 secondary. They stink at getting pressure. Now, they do get DeForest Buckner back um, yep. this year because he'll be healthy. Um, and Shaq Leonard will hopefully stay healthy. Um, yeah. So, you know, if those two pieces can step up, maybe they'll generate some pressure to help out this secondary. But, man, this team, with an offense that's going to struggle to score points, this secondary is going to be a broken dam. Like, this is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be bad. They've always had nice pieces on the defenses, and like Leonard, Buckner, I mean, but they can't stay healthy, and it's just never really all come together and worked. Yeah. This has been a team that, for the last couple of years, I think we've said it was like, they're like in your mind, a good football team, but they just don't have enough to like win big games. Like they're a competitive team. They hurt you on the offensive line, but they now have started to decline and they're sort of on that Island of misfit toys where things are just, it's tough. Um, It's tough. I mean, the running back is clearly their best position and they're not going to have that. <laughs> so we shall see. All right. Texans, the lovely, lovely Texans. Uh, three and 13 and one last year, they are plus 1000 to win the division, uh, 2021. They were four and 13 year before that four and 12 new head coach, D'Amico Ryan steps in new OC, new defensive coordinator. Um, this offense and defense has been objectively bad the last couple of years. Is there any hope or resemblance this turns around this year? And my God, the more we talk about these this division, it is so bad. <laughs> it's so terrible. Yeah, there's no hope. There is absolutely no hope. This team has no chance of winning division. They don't have anyone on offense. They have Damian Pierce. He's nice. Um, that's basically it. Um, I think their defense will be a little better. It's hard to really get any worse. It was so bad last year. Obviously, bringing in Danico Ryan's is big. Bringing, uh, drafting Anderson is huge. They brought over uh, Jimmy Ward, good player. So, like you know, I, I like what they're doing. Um, obviously, Ryan's going to try to bring guys over from San Francisco, so I like that. But they're going to be bad, and they're going to be the running for the worst record. But, unfortunately, they won't have the number one pick because they don't have one. Um so, yeah, it, it's, it's just going to be really bad. But I still think – I think this division is so bad and they have the luxury of also playing the NFC South that I just – I don't think anyone in this division is going to have the worst record in the NFL just because of that. Yeah, it's – this is a tough one. I mean, in 2022, the offense ranked 31st and the defense ranked 20th in, like, <laughs> overall rankings. I mean, in EPA, it was a disaster – um, last year's team had one win against a team with a winning record. And that was against the Jags early in the season when they were still trying to like perform a lobotomy from what like urban Meyer had brought into that organization. So like, this is a bad team. And I think this might be the first time 
maybe in NFL history where a rookie quarterback can arguably say his wide receiver room was better in college than it will be in the NFL. Like there's a huge downgrade for CJ Stroud coming into this offense and the weapons he has around him. Like it's rough. I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, Mechie is, I'm excited to watch Mechie now he gets to play. Uh, but yeah, Robert Woods, he's just on the backside of his career. He never really had, he was never known for like speed to begin with, but now he has leg injuries on top of that. So, you know, you got to think it's going to be kind of tough for him. So yeah, it's just, it's not good. Yeah, it's, this is a tough welcome to the NFL moment for CJ Stroud. I don't know how his career will pan out. He played well at, you know, he can deliver an accurate ball. I will say the one thing he's got going for him is the tackle positions are great. Yeah. Howard and Tensel are, I mean, you you can you can't do much better um in this league when you put those two tackles out there. So at least his edges will be protected pretty well. Um, uh, but this is a bad this is a bad football team, folks. A bad, bad football team. Make no doubt about it. Their draft picks are gone. They put a lot of capital in this. They did get Will Anderson and CJ Stroud. So arguably they got their their two guys. And the back end of their draft I thought was pretty decent. But this is a long, long-term project. Uh, it's gonna be a tough year. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Let's talk about the Tennessee Titans, a team that just seems to just hang in there year in and year out. But the problem is, is their offensive philosophy does not mesh well with what the current NFL winning philosophy is. The last six Super Bowl teams that have won have been ranked at least in the top five of passer rating with the lone exception of the 2018 New England Patriots who sat at 11. Titans, meanwhile, highest rank in the, that period, last six Super Bowls was 23rd. This is a team that is built around a 29-year-old running back with close to 2,000 carries, um, an offensive line that is definitely disintegrating in front of our eyes um, in an offense that is struggling to find, I would say a, a path from the wide receiver position. You let go of AJ Brown, you go and sign D Hopkins here. Who's great, but is aging. Maybe Traylon Burks works out, but like there's just not a lot there. And you're built around a guy that while he has been a freight train is aging and eventually will fall off the cliff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the unfortunate thing is, obviously, they're built around this guy, but also on top of that, their offensive line sucks. So, <laughs> like, I'm like, well, what are we going to do here? So it's just, it's just, it's like they're kind of just, they're, they're a team that's built of players who have been really good, but they're just kind of approaching that age or kind of going, you know, over the edge of that age. You know, DeAndre Hopkins. He's had an awesome career, but he is 31. I think, obviously, bringing him on will help because this team really had nothing going on at wide receiver last year. So, I mean, it'll be better than what it was last year. But I don't see Tannehill – I mean, his game is not improving at all. And he's just – you know, as the, the running game isn't being quite as successful as it once was, he's not playing as well. So, I do think at one point we'll probably – so we'll see Will Levis um, – but it all just depends on the schedule and how they're doing because it is a pretty easy schedule. The only thing is the start is kind of difficult. But after that, it is a cakewalk. Now, they'll still lose a lot of these games because I don't think they're very good, but it's a, it's just the schedule is laughable. It is. It is very laughable. I would, I would say if we don't see Will Levis by week five, we'll probably get him after the bye of week seven because I don't think they're going to want to throw him in you know, second game of his career against the Chargers. You got the Bengals. 
the Browns should be at least somewhat formidable. We'll talk about them. Ravens, like these are tough teams. So I'm expecting either week five against the Colts or wait until week seven. Cause that is the nice thing. Will Levis. I, the dude's a maniac. He's a psycho. The way he consumes his coffee, eating banana holes. Like that's not a guy I want leaving my football team, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe he works out. I don't have high hopes. Um, I, I watched him play a lot of football at Kentucky he was good. I think they upgraded this year Kentucky football with the guy they just brought in from North Carolina State. Um, that's neither here nor there, but the dude's out of his mind. So <laughs> I don't love that for a quarterback, but we'll see. Um, the nice thing, though, is he does not have to be thrown in right into the mix, but clearly is going to be their guy. At some point, you got to test his medal when you invest the 33rd pick in him. <laughs> but yeah, I just, with this offensive line, I just... Like Vrabel's a good coach. I think that part has been pretty solidified. He, yeah. he seems to get the most out of his players. Guys like playing for him. They kind of have a never never die mentality. They're always sort of in the fight. I mean, heck, they've got a great record against the Chiefs for a team that when you line them up on paper, doesn't really line up. And yet they've done very well against arguably the best franchise right now in the league. Um, but it's just it's hard to see them. Like I said, when you compare them to Jacksonville. Yeah. Pending injuries, all things, the same, all things, even with that offensive line and the way the defense is set up. I just, I have a hard time seeing them winning and competing for this division. They are plus three ten to win their over unders. I think sitting at like seven and a half wins last I checked. Um, that schedule is easy. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make with them. They're a bit of a head scratcher. Cause I just, it all depends on what you get out of Derrick Henry and who knows at some point it's gotta, it's gotta go off the rails. Yeah, I agree. I think obviously it's very obvious. Well, well, actually I did notice, but we didn't even mention this. So Jacksonville back to back games in Europe. That's crazy. Oh, uh, I forgot to mention that. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the first time ever. I mean, they are, oh, they are Europe's team. So they are Europe's team. hundred percent. But yes, that is absolutely the first time ever. That's crazy. But um, anyways, but I and, like, forgot to mention that. Yeah. But, it, but it's very clear. This is obviously a one team, a, a one playoff team division. Um, so got to win this division in order to make the playoffs. Cause in the, in the AFC, this ain't, this is not a two uh, playoff team. No, not in a, not in a conference that is continually going up, and in the defense that's also going. I mean, their secondary is not great. Their front seven's not great. Like head coach is good, running back good, offensive line bad, quarterback bad, wide receiver room probably going to be bad. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, I don't know. I, I I just I don't see a way forward. I think the under it's just hard because that schedule is so easy, so easy, but. Seven and a half wins. I, like they went seven and 10 last year. They're not better than last year's team, at least coming in. So I don't think, so. I don't think they're getting eight wins. Um, All right. That's all four teams. Any bets, predictions, anything to kind of give the people here as we wrap up? Um, no, nothing major. I would definitely, I'm, I'm taking under on almost every single one of these teams, which is funny. Yep. It's a big under for me on this one, especially around rookie quarterbacks like in Houston, um, eventually the Titans. It's hard to be a rookie quarterback in this league when you don't have a lot of talent around you. It's even harder. (laughs) So, yeah, I think unders are probably the way here. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Anything else before we wrap this up? There, there has been some additional sporting news. I don't know if you have comment about it, but uh, our U.S. women's team stinks. Uh, they lost today. They're out of the World Cup. Uh, Carly Lloyd, I stand with her and her comments. This team, I, dude, I don't know. This The women's soccer team has been so good. They've earned a little leeway here because they were trying to do something that had never been done in the sport, and that's win three back-to-back-to-back World Cups. They've won two, obviously. But to leave at this stage and to play so poorly in the group stage, the only equivalent I can give is like when our men's they're on the level of the men's basketball team where it's like, we expect a certain level. And if you don't meet that, you're going to get flamed. Like it's an embarrassment on a national stage. (laughs) Yeah. It it didn't go well. I'll be honest. I didn't catch much of it this year. I think the time difference played a big role. Um, role. (laughs) Yeah. But but yeah, didn't, didn't go well. Um, Not good, but I do have a two quick things here. First of all, I think everyone pretty much saw the baseball brawl yesterday. Um, I, I want to say one thing. Now, I don't care at all. I, I don't care. But the guy who knocked, it was Jose Ramirez. Ramirez, yeah. Tim Anderson. Right? I don't I don't really know baseball, but I know those yeah. names now. Did you, did you know Jose Ramirez played today? No, I did not. What is going on? <laughs> don't you think he's got to sit a few? I mean, I, yes, but I kind of love it. This I mean, yeah, I don't needed. care. I don't care at all, but I read that today. I was shocked. I was like, you mean he's, he's just playing today? He's just, he just pummeled that man. Usually you're suspended in, in pro sports. Dude landed the best right hook of the weekend, and he's still playing on yeah. Sunday. I, I could not believe that when I read that today. He's in the starting lineup. I was like, well, good for him. Um, That's fantastic. I, I agree. Tim Anderson, I, I would say, probably is not. He's still probably wondering what's going on. He's not. He was not. He was not in their lineup today. Um, and then second, obviously, we obviously we are we are a podcast, and we want as many people to listen as possible. But I just want to say, with all the off season things, if you're an NFL player, maybe don't listen because. I can't believe how much they're betting on. <laughs> they're betting on games and getting suspended. Hell, dude, then, the, I the mean, betting is insane. Even in college, that Iowa story that broke, like how great oh, yeah. do you all have to be? It's not that hard. Don't bet when you're on team facility and don't bet on your team. It's like the mo- two most simple rules in the world. Well, that's the NFL thing. I think people maybe don't realize it. They can bet on sports. <laughs> they just- yeah can't bet on their their sport and they can't bet while they're in the facility i think teams need to just do a better job of getting that across them i bet it's like they bring like third party guys in over the off season they like present to them half the players aren't paying attention to any of that because let's be honest who pays attention in meetings not anyone so i think maybe a lot of them don't know the rules this is very true it is a bit of a problem um I love the crowd that's like, well, this is what you get when you legalize betting. It's like, no, this we find this out because it's legalized and regulated and we can like smoke. We can find out what's going on here. But like at some point, I think it's just going to get to the point where it's like the moment you step into the facility, you got to lock your phone away because teams teams at some point are going to be like, all right, enough is enough. We can't. We're applying like government rules here. It's a skiff. You got to lock your phone away for the day and you'll get it back because you can't be trusted. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, outside of Calvin Ridley, though, it hasn't really happened to anyone big time. Um, but I wonder what would happen if, like, Mahomes was caught. They'd probably just be like, ah, whatever. Yeah, oh, that would go away so quickly. That would be swept under the rug so quickly. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess we also didn't touch, speaking of play, where are you at in the running back collective 
it almost feels like running backs are about to go on strike here because, and we touch on this virtually almost every year, it feels like, but this year it feels like it's notched up a level. Running back pay in this league is a is a point of contention um, and their piece of the pie. Where are you at with this whole, with the the current landscape? So, like, I understand where they're coming from and I support them and, you know, them asking and trying to get what they want. But at the same time, I can also look at the business side of things and also understand that you can not exactly just replace anyone at the running back position, but you can replace them at, like, 85%. It's kind of how I also feel about – I feel the same way about signing like cornerbacks from different systems to like $85 million contracts. I'm like, I I think you could get almost the same production out of a third round pick. So I don't know. The business side of me comes out and goes, well, it kind of sucks for you. (laughs) I I agree to a point. I, I get their pain and I don't feel as bad for like the Barclays of the world who are high draft picks who make more money. I really feel for the guys like Eckler, who have been an integral part of their team success, late draft picks. They don't really get paid in their prime. Um, I don't hate a world where maybe we carve out a rule for them to make more incentive based pay um, because they are, they are virtually the only position in the league that has not had rules implemented to protect them on the, I mean, offensive linemen have had new rules to protect them. Quarterbacks, wide receivers. They're basically in a car rash. I get their point, but I also see the business side. It is a tough position. My only thing is, if we want good athletes to continue to pay the play the position, there has to be some level of balance. What that is, I don't know. I think the easiest way is just carve out a new rule that allows them to make more incentive based things. I like, like the easiest solution. I like the idea. I mean, it's hard to make this happen, but I do like the idea of rookie running back contracts going down to three years rather than four years. So, don't hate that either. So you can get paid quicker you know more in your prime um I, I do like that possibly as an option but i don't know if they'll actually do it 100 agree and then my final note college football we're not exactly a college football pod but it's hard not to speak on what is going on there Ooh. holy hell <laughs> i will say florida state might be the sneakiest organization ever during the realignment they just slowly slid into the news cycle that they are seeking private investments <laughs> it's like all right how more blatant can you be like hey saudis could you please fund us real quick the Florida State's just mad that, you know, like teams like Boston College are like getting the same slice as that. They're just pissed about that. <laughs> yep. College football's in a weird place. I uh I don't know. It's I I love the I love the conference play of it because the one thing college football I don't think really understands is it is a sh- what makes the product good is not the actual on-field play. It's all the other stuff that makes it exciting. Oh, yeah. It's like the rivalries the yeah. stupid things kids end up pulling off. Like it is a worse product on the field wise. So if you try to make it a junior NFL, I think there is some decrease in value there, but we'll for sure, they're destroying rivalries for sure. Yeah. And I also feel bad for the non-football sports. Like you're telling me the, like <laughs> you, you got to travel from Eugene, Oregon out to Rutgers to play a softball game on a Wednesday and then fly back. Like, I, know. I mean, the non-football sports here are just getting screwed left and right. <laughs> Yeah, they really are. It's bad. Oh, all righty. That'll do it for us. Uh, we will be back with some more divisional breakdowns. I think not a bad one for the first one. Hopefully the fans enjoyed it. Little little actionable info there. It's only up from here. And as always, peace. Nice. Nice. Quick and easy. Yeah, it was good. I love it.